Final hour overdrive continues. TSN 1050 on the TSN app. Your home smart speaker up on TSN 2. Brian Hayes, the O-Dog, Jeff O'Neill. Jamie Noodles McLennan, our buddy Graham Dillette. Later this hour, he was live with the Arnie Palmer, where Kurt Kitayamo picks up his first PGA Tour victory, and it's like $3 million in his pocket. Nice. Four. Four million dollars. There you go. Wow. Was it necessary for him to mark that ball, though? That it was, was on right on the lip. Like, just tap it in. You're done. Hanging Dude, over I the was, lip. I was afraid something weird was going to happen. Like, it, it was odd how he marked his ball like an inch behind where his ball was. And I'm like, is that allowed? Is somebody going to call in? Mm-hmm. I was like, just you put that in and get it over with. You won the tournament. Honestly, I, I guess it was for the heroics of being the last one in. I ain't doing that. I will run up there and Me tap neither. that thing in. Although what you need to do, though, is make sure your caddy gets there and pulls the flag out. Because if you go up there and you get jittery real and you, you hit it too hard or something, it's it sideways and spins out like a, you know, like a, a, a pool There's- shot. You got to be careful, man. But- There's no chance anybody could miss that shot, is there? Like no, a legitimate. There's actually not. Uh, not unless you were being a moron and you, you clobbered the putt and it went in the water. But that's impossible. It, it would be impossible for a pro, but what a lag putt. I mean, that's one of the great lag putts of all time. And he just needed to get down in two. And that's like that's the difference between a pro and an amateur. And I give credit to Kitayama because he's never won before. That would have been easy for him to either jack that five or six feet past or leave it five or six feet short. Very easy, and he lagged it up beautifully, and and that's that's what a good pro does. And uh, hey, it was him, it was Harris English, like everyone on earth was thinking it'll be Scheffler, McElroy, Thomas, you yeah. know, your boy John Rom. You were you're getting you're pretty lippy on Thursday when Rom was playing. Well, I didn't hear much over the weekend. <laughs> it got silent. What so happened to that guy? That just goes to show you anything could happen. That guy was seven under after round one. Mm-hmm. And he finished the tournament at uh, two, uh, even or plus two or something. He kept mm-hmm. finding the drink. Like, he was all over the course. Like it, it went sideways for <laughs> yeah, him quickly. Really, he was snapping on that course, too. That's the thing about him, man. If it's going well, he smiles. Hey, how are you? Kissing baby, shaking hands. The second it goes south, he hates everyone on earth. Right? Man, he does he start hating everyone. He hates his caddy. Mm-hmm. By the way, somebody, yes. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Uh, a little birdie told me that your boy Sung JM is not exactly the nicest guy out there. I refuse around. to believe that. That is really? that that is blasphemy, and you take that back right now. I'm not even kidding. I will text you the details of what I heard, and who knows if it's true or not. I don't want to hear that because no one that wears a white belt on a black pant is anything but a saint. Anything but a saint. Never know. And wow. uh, I thought you were going to talk about Scheffler's caddy. Is that where you were going, Noodles? I thought, it, well, who farted and it got caught on the It was Scheffler's caddy. <laughs> Scheffler's, like, he's I missed that? You, you oh, missed you gotta, it. Do we, have the, it. do we have the sound? I mean, we, we probably could play it at I'm some sure point later in the show. It. I'm like, sure we can find it. You better find it. I'm not aware of anything like this. I thought like that this. was a joke. I thought it was a joke. Like, That's why I wasn't sure if we should play it, because there's a part of me that thinks... You know, is it? Um, is it manufactured? Yeah, is it manufactured? Is something? Yeah, but but like I don't what think I, a caddy in like down the stretch <laughs> under the gun would have like a farting machine in his pants. Well, well, he's human, so it can happen. What I found 
fascinating was Scheffler didn't even blink. Like, he was, like, passing the nine iron. You know, it was just, like, as if this guy has serious issues all the time. <laughs> like, like, it was almost I, too routine. That's why I I, my it. radar was up a little right. bit. I need it. I thought it could have been fake. It could have been fake, but I just, you know, it's one of, I, I thought you guys were going to bring it up, but I wasn't sure because I'm like, okay, is that just you get caught down a rabbit hole? Exactly. Like, Did this happen or I don't want to get duped, right? But now we're going to dupe ourselves. And this is the beauty of it. We're admit now we can't lose. If it's real, ah, we knew it. If it was duped, we've you know put an asterisk on this by admitting that we're not quite certain. That's wow. journalism in 2023. <laughs> Just cover your own ass, and it's wow. all good. So we'll yeah. find that. We'll, we'll play it. Maybe Graham Dillette could tell us some stories about well, because he was playing his. He was retweeting his own clip at our, at the Arnie Palmer back in the day, where he put one off the flag and it spun right back and rolled off the green and back onto the fairway, and he was trying to make the cut. And then his playing partner sinks one for eagle, and just how like the swing of emotion between one player and the next within the same partnership. So GD's coming up later this hour. It is the TPC this week, uh, so we'll catch up with him a little bit later on. The Leafs are back in action tomorrow in Jersey. Ryan O'Reilly's on the long-term IR, broken finger, not good, and Tavares is out as well tomorrow, not feeling well. So read into that what you will. But the Raptors are back in action, and they're in tough tonight. They are in Denver. The Nuggets are the top team in the West. You got Jokic, who is a machine. And to chat about it, we head to Denver now. Catch up with a Raptors analyst. Here is Jack Armstrong. How you doing, Jack? Guys, Brian, how you doing? Doing very well. Feeling good about tonight? I mean, how are we feeling going into Denver? It's not an easy game for the Raptors, but, uh, you know, they don't have time to waste. They got to at least compete and hopefully trying to find a way to win tonight. Well, I'm excited about it because uh, I think uh, an important thing for the Raptors uh, down the stretch, and they've played a lot better uh, in their last 15 games, uh, is the fact that you know, you're playing really good competition down the stretch. And think about it, in the Eastern Conference, they're going to play Boston twice, um, Milwaukee twice, Philly. So they still have five more killer games against those types of teams. And then we're going to see the Clippers and the Lakers out in L.A. to finish this trip off. So uh, they have an incredibly difficult schedule. But uh, in terms of preparing yourself for the opportunity to be in the playoffs, you got to earn it. And then, uh, you know, making you a team that's ready to peak down the stretch, I think no better way to do it than have to take your game to the next level and do it consistently, habitually, and um, – I think it also, last but not least, gives you an opportunity, if you're the Raptors front office, to really get a good sense of what this group is about and how far these guys could go. And uh, those are decisions that are going to have to be made about the players in the offseason. Jack, the Raptors are 15th in offense and 15th in defense, kind of middle of the pack. Uh, which one do they need to improve, or which one concerns you a little bit more? No doubt. Uh, you know, we could talk about three-point shooting that were blue in the face. Uh, they are who they are. Hopefully, uh, Will Barton's addition uh, off the bench will help a little bit. Uh, he had a tremendous career here in Denver. And, um, you know, so to me, uh, he, he's a good get for them. And I think the addition of Jakob Pertl, has absolutely played paid dividends and solidified them a little bit in their interior D, and he's outstanding in their offensive scheme. Uh, so 
the concern in my eyes, uh, you know, you are going to be who you are. You hope you're a little better with the three. But the key to me is this team's got to be better defensively. And I, I think they do a really good job turning people over. And they're a risk-reward. It's like a, a team that blitzes the quarterback quite a bit, feast of famine. Uh, if they can just be a little sounder on possessions where they don't turn you over, and now your opponent is able to run offense and get deeper in the clock and run some of their sequences, can they be sounder guarding that stuff and, and get good old-fashioned stops where you get the rebound and now you're able to go the other way? So uh, that definitely, to me, is is what's going to be important. And now tonight, against a team that's you know really, really talented and skilled and they play through Jokic so much, uh, they will pick apart if you're not sound. Jack, how's this season been for you being the color analyst? I mean, you've seen the highest of highs. Like, just where are you at with, like, your emotional level? Just to what it seems like they've been kind of hovering around mediocrity all year. Just where does your energy level, or are you always just Jack Armstrong fired up? I'm always fired up. Uh, I love it. I mean, it's ball. Right? I mean, it's sports. I mean, this is incredible. I mean, how blessed, how lucky are we, how fortunate are we to do what we all four of us talking on this on this uh, line right now mm-hmm. to do what we do for a living. I mean, there's so many people out there that uh, would love to do what we do. So uh, I'm blessed. So I love it. I love going to the arena, calling the games. And this is my 25th year doing it. There's been years where the team has not been any good. There's been teams that have been very good, and there's been teams in, the, in between. This is one of those in-between years. But, uh, you know, my job as an analyst, I think it's uh, – we, we our heavy lifting, Matt and I and our, all of my co- colleagues, our heavy lifting is during seasons that are uh, – the team is poor or average. Uh, when the team's really good, we don't we just try not to get in the way. And uh, But it's 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 uh, to me, this team – is still intriguing. And again, I like the Pirtle and, and Barton pickups. And uh, they're playing their best basketball here in the last few weeks. Uh, but now the, there's another notch on the belt they got to get to. And uh, you, you're looking at it right now tonight. With Jack Armstrong, who's out in Denver, Raptors Nuggets tonight on TSN. Um, so I, I'm tracking the, the MVP pursuit. And it feels like Jokic is a victim of LeBron and Jordan never winning three in a row, as if that's his fault, because only Bird, Russell, and Wilt have ever been three-peat MVPs. So and what, people aren't going to vote for him? I sense that that's a part of the narrative, is no how could way, you give dude. it to him because his Jordan didn't get it. His own colleagues say he's a freak of nature, and what he's doing is outrageous, Hayes. And they're the best team in the West. And, and Jack, I look at it kind of like what Otani just did last year, equally as impressive as the year before. But there was a judge who passed it, right? You needed an Aaron Judge-like season to surpass it. I don't see that in the NBA. Who is the Aaron Judge of the NBA that is going to usurp Nikola Jokic for the MVP? Well, it surely ain't Luka Doncic because their team is – and I love them. Uh, Maybe it's uh, Jason Tatum. Maybe it's Giannis. Maybe it's Joel Embiid. They would be, in my opinion, the three – uh, bigger ca- candidates uh, instead of Luca, um, but quite frankly, uh, you know they're not overwhelmingly ahead of them. At the very least, 
Maybe it's nose to nose, neck to neck, whatever you want, way you want to describe it. And we'll see how it all shapes up here in the last 15, 20 games of the season for these respective teams. But uh, I think he has every right uh, to be a legitimate candidate to win it three years in a row. I, I don't have the opportunity to vote. So I, if, but if I had a vote, those would be the four guys I would consider. And I'd want to let it breathe a few more weeks to see how it all shakes out. I think the one thing with Jokic, understand it's a regular season award. And, you know, in terms of his legacy and his resume, now for him, uh, you know, this team is having a great year. But if Golden State is healthy and if Phoenix can look like they're looking right now with the the KD, it ain't going to be an easy path uh, to get to the NBA Finals in spite of the fact that they have uh, a tremendous record and they're number one in the West. They're only a game over 500 away from home. They've only lost four games here in Denver. And obviously, I, you know, I'm a runner. I've been out the last two days running. And when, when I'm running, uh, I feel it. And uh, you guys uh, played on the ice out here years ago. And it's a different place to play other than any other market in the NBA. Salt Lake City and the NBA is the only one even close. And it's a lot different. It's a lot, a lot less uh, uh, severe than here, and they have a great home court advantage. But there only uh, there's only seven teams in the whole NBA that have a winning record away from home. Um, so to me, I always look at the teams with winning road records as the teams that I always like that have a great chance to win. And uh, to me, the, the big thing with Jokic is is he going to be able to pull these guys through the West and get them to the NBA Finals? Uh, but that has nothing to do with the MVP. And therefore, for a regular season award, why wouldn't he have a great, great shot to win it three years in a row? Well, I'm looking at the the standings on the road here, and and the Raptors are in Denver tonight. Then they're in L.A. to play the Clippers and the Lakers. The Clippers are 18 and 18 on the road, 16 and 15 at home. And I'm curious which which L.A. team is is more intriguing to you? You know what the Clippers are trying to figure out bringing Russ in, and it hasn't gone well, trying to keep Kawhi healthy. Uh, Paul George had some interesting comments last week with J.J. Redick about load management. Or is it the Lakers circus where, you know, Davis, when he's been playing, has been a rock star. LeBron's out. They're trying to infiltrate some new players. Uh, Which one do you have circled more when it comes to Crypto.com Arena, if you can believe that's the name of it, the Clippers game or the Lakers game? (laughs) Well, I, I think the uh, the fact that the Lakers game's on TSN, we love that. So. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Good save. Come Thank on, you, Jack. Shameless plug for our network. Uh, <laughs> obviously, if LeBron's healthy, uh, they're built for now, as are the Clippers. I think the Clippers have better depth. Uh, they're just trying to integrate a, you know, Bones Highland and Gordon and Russ. And, you know, they're trying to uh, kind of figure it all out. Uh, they were not impressive last night against Memphis. I mean, Memphis doesn't have John Morant. That's a gong show in and Ooh. of itself. And uh, you know, and, and uh, they, you know, they they they've had they've had they have three rotation players out right now. The Grizzlies, and uh, they you know going into the fourth quarter, the Clippers were in big trouble. You know, and, and the Clippers ended up winning, but I was not impressed with them. Uh, so they they have some chemistry issues and. They got to work that through, uh, but they have they have the greater potential, the Clippers. And quite frankly, if if they don't get to the Western Finals or the NBA Finals, 
you could see some shakeup out there. I mean, because the expectation and the financial commitment for Mr. Balma is significant. Jack, you, you've uh, worked and coached with a lot of young players. Uh, you have sons yourself. Like, if you were in the John Morant camp right now, like, what's your advice to this guy? Because it, it feels like we're watching him possibly throw his career away. Well, a few things. Number one, um, if, if I'm the league, this is one of my uh, rising stars. He's already, he's already a star, but I, I, my friends that have young kids, these young kids love John Moran. I, I think back to when Allen Iverson was a young player coming out of Georgetown and just their style of play. I mean, just it's, it's so fun and exciting to watch. And, you know, so he's got a whole bunch of kids that look up to him, and he's in a market that adores him. He's on a good team. And I think the NBA, for the good of the NBA, if there's any way that this young man could be taught a lesson, and if, if they see things and there's enough evidence that indicates maybe it's time for him to take some time off, I think the, the league, in the best interest of the league and in the best interest of him, needs to be strong on this. I think the Memphis Grizzlies have to stop catering to him and have to start giving him a whole lot of tough love, which, you know, in today's world of professional sports, uh, teams are very, they walk on eggshells with this stuff. But uh, particularly a small market like Memphis, where there's always that paranoia where, oh, he wants to go to L.A., he wants to go to Miami, he wants to go to New York, whatever. you got to say no. You know, we, we have standards, and you're going to live up to them. And then last but not least, from an internal perspective in his own family, his father seems to be living vicariously through him. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so to me, ultimately, you got to be, uh, you know, you got to be dad. you got to be a proper role model, and you can't be his buddy. Uh, you know, I always say to my kids, I'm, I'm not here to be your friend, you know? This is... You know, I'm going to lay it on the line. I'm going to give you tough love, and I'm going to compliment you when you do it right, and I'm going to get on your ass when you don't. And uh, sorry, but that's the way it is. And uh, years later, you'll love me for it. And I really don't care if you ticked off at me right now. But I think his, I think his dad and whoever in their family uh, has to come down really hard on him and say, this is enough, and representation, your agent, all that. Uh, and you got whoever these guys you're hanging with, you got to c- completely eliminate them from your circle. We'll leave it there, Jack. Enjoy it in Denver tonight. Enjoy that Lakers game out in LA as well. Thank you for this. It'll be great on TSN TV Friday night. Shameless plug. Tune in. <laughs> check, your, check your local listings. Yes, we will. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. There's uh, Jack okay. Armstrong, our, our TSN Raptors analyst. Uh, Raptors Nuggets tonight on TSN. All right, we got Graham Dillette coming up. He was live at the Arnie Palmer. What did he see throughout the action, throughout the weekend? What, what can we expect this week when we head back to the players? You know what's so weird about the preparation for this weekend? It's all Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas, he yeah. won the tournament two years ago. Actually, Cam Smith won it a year ago, but you can't promote that anymore, right? Cam Smith is the reigning players champ. 
but he ain't in any of the commercials, man. They're not plugging Cam Smith. He's not playing this week, is he? Of course not. No, of course not. But my point being is it's all, hey, Justin Thomas trying to win again at the players. That was two years ago. It's like that guy's not even alive. it's It's like Cam Smith is not. It was the same thing at Riv. I forgot. Joaquin Neiman won Riv. Yeah. It wasn't Max Homer. That was two years ago. Dude, you, know? you didn't see one highlight of that? Nothing. Nothing. Which is great. Well, that's, of course, the PGA. They're, they're not going to do it. But Neiman won Riv. Cam Smith won the players. You know, Liv did some damage. I, I'm not this 100% way. on this, Hayes, but weren't they talking about player, like, as the defending champ and totally negating the last year's winner? I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, as I saw an, uh, uh, an interview of Cam Smith over the weekend, because he lives in Jacksonville, he's saying he may show up and just be walking around as a fan. Huh. It'd be awkward. Huh. I mean, why would you want to be there if you're Cam Smith? But mm-hmm. we'll see. Graham Dillette will join us on that and the Arnie Palmer. And uh, back into the Leafs tomorrow. The Raptors tonight. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on the TSN app. The vis and the sound that we need. Yes, the Zapruder film. I need to hear this because I'm not privy to it and I don't know anything about it. Did Scotty Scheffler's caddy do something illegal? JP, let's hear it. So I just feel like a great shot's in the bunker if you barely miss it. Perfect. Cut to it. My bad there. <laughs> See, I thought Scheffler farted. I thought he did. I need it one more time because I need to break down if that's real or not. One more time. So I just feel like a great shot's in the bunker if you barely miss it. Perfect. Cut to it. I think it's Scheffler. Yeah, I think it's him. You look at the way that he stops on the yeah. play. He and actually he farts at the caddy. I don't yeah. think so. I that don't think is so. Scheffler. No, it because is, listen to the guy's voice, man. He doesn't stop. He goes, he's talking about, you know, a miss into the bunker, my bad there. Like, he says, my bad there. It's the same tone. It's the, he doesn't, he doesn't. How many even, guys do you know that are explaining something serious like that and fart in the middle of the sentence and keep trucking on like nothing ever happened? That, I will admit, that's, that seems like malpractice, right? That seems like something a professional probably should do. Last time, play it to and me, look at Scheffler's stance while he's talking, JP. He does a little time. squat. Like, he does a little uh, action. Yes, you guys watch are nuts. It. Look, I'm telling watch you, again. Him. Here we go. Play it. So I just feel like a great shot's in the bunker. If look you at him. Miss it, perfect. Cut to it. <laughs> <laughs> How about there? It's Scheffler. He doesn't move, Scheffler. You yeah, two are, he, what are you talking he, about? He kind of hunches up like a cat, like he's going to – I'm telling you. It's you possible, Scheffler. It's possible. I, mean, I those know guys that stance. For five and a half hours. That stance is I'm going to try to hide this one in my shorts, and it, it, was, it came out, and it was loud. That's what that stance is. It's prototypical. Is but it? he looks back, too, at the at – the, Caddy, he like I'm pretty sure it's Scheffler doing it to the caddy. It it like, could that be. is the breakdown. If so, that makes more sense why the caddy he can't show frustration. He can't start <laughs> no. laughing. That's his pro. He's just got to right. say, all right, I got to chew on that. Yeah, that legitimately seems like a real power structure type move that doesn't seem allowable. You know what I mean? Like you're just gonna pull that stunt on your caddy, and your caddy's just got to own it. I mean, and if it was. Scheffler, and this has gone viral, Scheffler should get out in front of this and say, I want everyone to know. But maybe that's why the caddy, you know, gets paid the big bucks, especially if you're the caddy for the number one guy in the world. You got to take the bullets. It's like a commissioner in sports. 
But right, did, I, you got to take like, a bullet for Scotty. Was Shepard. that a, was that a hot mic or was he mic? Like how did how did that get picked up? Like maybe, I don't know. It's a good question because it wasn't like it was a full swing moment. If it was full swings, not allowing the rest of the world to have that. I, you know? I thought I. I thought I read it was like caddy mic or something like that. Like, you know, most caddies are mic'd apparently. I don't know. Maybe we'll ask Graham. Like, Players if, should are know caddies. That, well, yeah, exactly. If your caddy's mic, he's got to give you a head up, heads up if you're going to fart in his face. Right I think on that the was course. a caddy. I think, it was, I think the voice sounds like it doesn't change. It's the same infliction. It's, it's, I think it's the caddy. And as JP points out, they're both out there, white pants, a tight white pant on a – so was that a Sunday? Maybe that was Saturday at uh, the Arnie Palmer. But yeah, needless to say, Scotty Scheffler, I guess he was deterred because he, sh- he shot a one over yesterday. right? He right. bogeyed 18 as well to kind of allow Kitayama to breathe a little bit more. And, like, that was Scheffler's tourney to win if he wanted to. He shoots a 68-69. He cruises to a win. There was yesterday. a bunch of guys just crumbling down the stretch. Yes. Crumbling. Well, and McElroy – Rory's always complaining, man. Like Rory kind of bugs me every once in a while. Yeah, me too. He's, you know, he comes out after and he's like, "Oh, no one wants to see bogeys; they want to see birdies." That's not true. Like, Dude, I, I'm no a, kid. I thought you, that was fascinating theater. It exactly. was like a grind. And you right. talk to anybody that was involved; they're like, "That was that was golf, man. Like you had to golf your ball." It's like, do you have to shoot twenty five hundred to be happy? The check for first place is five million bucks in all these elevated events now. Right, like it should be a you, grind. you had the the audacity to say in that vi- video that guys are getting soft. Now what? You don't like making a couple bogeys here and there? Don't make them. Right, exactly. You don't have to make a bogey, and it it really doesn't like from a viewing standpoint. Birdies, bogeys, it doesn't matter as long as it's a tight leaderboard and there's action. Dude, that and leaderboard was fantastic. It yesterday. was a fantastic board. Like I, I think Rory speaking for the average fan is is absurd. There, I mean, he's going to give his opinion. He's not going to be shy, and I appreciate that. I do, but right. I, I vehemently disagree with him that that wasn't great theater yesterday. It was spectacular. There are rounds and there are courses where these guys torch it. Fine, that's cool. You know, they throw yeah. darts, they hit big putts. Other times, it's going to be tough. You know that about Bay Hill. Yeah, well, um, I want and, I want the first one with Graham. About okay, let's bring him in here. Here's our good buddy Graham Dillette, TSN golf analyst, PGA pro. He was there for PGA Tour Live, and the uh, radio broadcast here is Graham Dillette. How you doing, GD? I'm great, gentlemen. How are you? Very good. Doing good, buddy. Yeah, Graham, how greasy was that course yesterday? It looked impossible on TV. Yeah, it was, and I mean, it, it really had like a feel, pretty much of a major. In all honesty, like the greens were firm and fast, or discolored the fairways were starting to get a little bit discolored i mean guys were they were hitting driver off like the third and 11th holes were hitting irons almost as far it seemed like by the you know thursday to, uh, compared to sunday so uh different golf course and evolved and it was especially that friday round when it was hot and sunny and super windy there that second day and it just changed the golf course yeah i like it though man i i don't need you know, you go to Hawaii, these guys are going to shoot 30 under at no Kapalua. Kidding. That's cool. I like that, too. Like, that's awesome. The scenery, the vibe, I know that going in. But a handful of times a year, you know, at the Arnie Palmer, at the U.S. Open, I like tough tracks and low scores and, and seeing these guys look vulnerable. How do you feel about it as someone that was, you know, inside the ropes and now on the outside of the ropes, the idea of these guys having to grind to actually win? Well, I think it's important to have a mixture of both throughout the season. I mean, they can't all be Palm Springs where guys, like you said, shoot 30 under par. 
but they can't all be like Honda and Bay Hill either because guys will lose their com- minds completely and maybe give up this game. But um, it, I, I think it's great um, every once in a while to have tournaments like that. And, and the thing that you see and we saw yesterday is that the cream almost always rises to the top on those really tough golf courses with really tough setups because especially when the wind's out, there's such a premium on quality shots and execution. And, you know, guys can kind of hang sometimes for one, two rounds. And then as the week goes on and it gets tougher and tougher and tougher, the big names show up. And, you know, as a you know designated event that they had with the PGA Tour here, this that's what they want. They want their big names on the top, and they got it last week. And it was actually pretty cool that despite having all their big names, it was Kurt Kitayama that came out on top. And, um, you know, awesome, awesome for him too. And it's like... Everyone who was watching got exactly what they wanted. GD, you mentioned the top players. You mentioned the top players rising to the top. Is Spieth like a marvel out there? Like he is all over the yard, and yet he ultimately gave himself a chance to win. Like if he had driven the golf ball on the fairway, just. 10 to 15% better, he wins that golf tournament. But his short, I don't know how he does it. He's like a modern-day Seve, isn't he? That's what's amazing is, like, you think, like, for like to win or to be in contention, like, you have to have one of those weeks where everything kind of lines up. You're driving at night. You're making some putts. You get a couple breaks, this and that. It's like he yeah. can play what Terrible. seems like a disaster of a round, and all of a sudden it's like, boy, he's still in it. And not only is he in it, like, if he makes a couple putts, you know, I think he missed a couple short ones there on the back nine coming down the stretch, but he would have been right there, and it seemed like he had no business being there. So, yeah, it's, that's pretty well put. I mean, the guy is a magician. He's just he's, – his uh, his touch around the greens, but then, like, the way that he sees shots, and he's able – everyone can see the type of shot you want to play, but he's able to execute it at such a <laughs> much higher percentage than anyone else is, and that's what sets him apart. With Graham Dillette, uh, Kurt Kitayama wins yesterday, and I, I think it was necessary for you know one of the big boys to finally miss out on one of these elevated events. They were all in it. Oh, you and I, we were texting back and forth over the weekend. It looked like it was going to be Spieth, Scheffler, Rory, Thomas, maybe Tyrrell Hatton, and just like at you know at, at the Waste Management, it was Rom. At the Riv, it was Rom. At in Hawaii, it was wrong. Like all these elevated events, it's been the same big guys who are pursuing the big pot. And here comes Kirk Kitayama, Harris English is in it. There's a few other names in the top 10, top 15. Do you think that that was important, you know, in terms of pushing the significance of these events, but also the fact that it is still golf and anyone can still win? And you got to make the cut, you got to grind at 72 holes. Uh, the fact that, you know, a relatively no-name player, you know, stormed past these guys and won the tournament. Yeah, it's big, and it's like like we were talking. Like, I think the PGA Tour in a perfect world, if you asked Jay Monahan, he probably would have want, wanted Rory to win that golf tournament um, just to kind of prove that this is our big event, this is our big players, look how they rise or whatever. But now Kurt all of a sudden kind of throws his name in that mix, and who knows what he does over the next couple of years. I mean, he's 30 years old. He's kind of a little bit late to the game, Um compared to most of these young guys who come out just swinging. But uh, who knows what happens in the next year. You saw Max Holmley's had this crazy ascent the last mm-hmm. three years, two and a half, three years or whatever. And uh, is this enough to kind of like catapult him into that next level or whatever? You just never know. GD, the Masters around the corner, 
how do you think that goes down? You talked about uh, Monahan, like with pairings and keeping these guys away from each other and petty nonsense. Like, what do you think goes down at Augusta National when the Live Tour guys that qualify for the tournament are meshed in with the PGA Tour guys, which from all accounts, these guys all hate each other? <laughs> I can't wait to see it, man. I think it's <laughs> going to be so good. I want to be on the range when Patrick Reed rolls out there and starts throwing keys at people. But, <laughs> but would they be, would, would, do they understand in golf? that people would love to see Patrick Reed and Rory in the same threesome on the uh, course. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, like, obviously that's not up to the PJ Tour at that point. Uh, you know, that's the Augusta National and Masters. But, uh, you know, it's funny because I think it's going to be a little bit different for everyone. Like, you look at a guy like Dustin Johnson. He hasn't said boo since he left. He no. took his money. And he just doesn't care. Graciously. And doesn't care, and like nobody, I don't think on the PGA Tour is resentful of him. Like when when all these guys left, the majority of guys, I can't speak for everyone, but the majority of the guys, like I can see why. I don't blame them. When they started talking trash about the PGA Tour and started filing lawsuits and saying that they should be able to play, and it's like no, 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 that's not how it works. You guys left, you took the money. That's great, good for you, good for your families, good for the future generations. But this is our tour. This is a tour that you were on. This is what built you and you left. But a guy like Dustin Johnson, for example, getting back to my point, is that he hasn't said a word the whole time. I think he's going to come back and guys are at least going to be cordial with him. Um, and then there's going to be some guys that uh, guys won't even talk to. That's a guarantee. And it's like walking down the fairways. Guys have ca- casual conversations, depending on who they are. And I mean, there's a few guys that people won't even say anything to. That's uh, 100% oh, back. Yeah. Like, wait till Sergio rolls through. The big thing is Phil. Like, it's Mickelson. That's the big one, is that you're going to see Mickelson and Tiger back at the Masters. Like, that... That's it, champion's isn't it? dinner, dude. Absolutely. Like Sergio's Phil, at the... Sergio, Patrick Reed, they're all at the champion's dinner. Of course they are. Absolutely they are. That's That'd be a scene, man. That's where full yeah, swing. Like, you want you access. Go. Get in there. <laughs> no doubt. That would, I'll have to ask Weirzy on the... On the side, I'll see what kind of information I can get for you guys unofficially. Oh, from, yeah. you got to put Weirzy, a body but... cam on Weirzy, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But and then the players this week, and there's some pretty good storylines coming in here. All these guys playing hot, top players in the world. It's gonna be awesome here this week. Weather looks awesome. I'm I'm here now. I'm at, I don't know if you remember Jonas Blitz. He played out on tour for. Well, he's still kind of bouncing back and forth, but he's having a bunch of the reps and caddies and a couple players over so i'm over here for a barbecue right now no the scotty rep's not here jeff so i can't get your putter today <laughs> oh, buddy, when you get the rep when you're within 10 feet of the guy we'll chat i'll see what i can do uh we'll let you go on on this then you were there at the arnie palmer when the news came out of the field at the the players and tiger was not a part of it and there was a lot of debate over whether or not he would show up with the players obviously he's not he's going to wait until Augusta what do you make of that decision for Tiger I think it, it's kind of eye-opening right like you saw him at the Genesis and yeah he looked like he was hurt but he looked like he had a little bit of fuel in him and that he could possibly do it once a month I mean is that it didn't seem like that was too much to ask for at that time uh, but it kind of puts things in perspective, I guess, how much he's he's still struggling and hurting because for him to miss the players, um, 
because he obviously wants to play and play well at the Masters. That just, I mean, because that's a month away. So that's a lot of just eye-opening how bad he's probably still hurting. Enjoy the barbecue. Enjoy the players, buddy. We'll do it again soon. Thank you for this. Go Flames. All right, Jen. Anytime. Yeah, go Flames. They will dig deep, boys. Let's go. <laughs> oh, you need to run off some wins, dude. Yeah. You guys are in big trouble. Big trouble. Thank you, GD. All right, Jen. There's uh, Graham Dillette. Yeah, Calgary's in Dallas. They, I think their season's over. I mean, I, how, how are they going to get back into this? They're, what are they, it's seven huge, points out? Huge hill to climb. Yeah, huge. You, and you're running out of time, too, and you've got to play the you got to play the teams that you're trying to catch, but you've got to beat them. Right. Like, I didn't know. Is GD a Flames fan? I actually didn't oh, even yeah. know that. Big touch. I did not know that. Maybe that's why he talks to me. I didn't he, know he that. He loves it. You're but, an alumni. Uh, yeah, I have a coat. Well, no, I'm working on it, but uh, – yeah, they're, what are games remaining? That's the other thing. Nashville is greasing their way in they there again. They've got three, three games in hand. So That's it, man. Like, you look at it, Calgary, they, like, they're seven points back of Winnipeg for that second wild card, and there's yeah. 19 games to go. So, you know, there, there's a chance. Like, Winnipeg got a split against Edmonton, and they've kind of come back to earth a little bit. Um, there's a chance, you know, Winnipeg – continues to leak some oil but it's more so just looking at calgary they have not found consistent play all year like they just they and now they're getting some goaltending they can't score right like now it's like it's flipped like it seems like they're getting decent goaltending anyway and they can't score you're right markstrom was good against the leaves right they played well and the other night uh, they lose they they lose three nothing against minnesota like Markstrom wasn't the problem and they got booed and did you hear daryl's comments saying well i booed too but not the team. Boo the top players. It's kind of that's like, getting ugly, man. That is getting well, the ugly. The top player, like, how about play better? The top players, like, it's it's like what is? I don't even know what is Huberto's projected points for this season. He had a hundred and fifteen last year. Mm-hmm. Like, is he gonna get seventy? Like, what is he at right now? I don't I, ever I notice just, him. The only guys I notice are Backlund and Kadri a little bit and. Toffoli I don't even really know. Yeah, yeah, Toffoli. There's the other guy I was yeah. thinking of. Well, Toffoli's have, yeah. Jonathan Huberto has 40 points in 60 games. Like, wow. what did he have through 60 last year? Oh, he must have had 95 points or something. Yeah, probably points. 80, 80, in your 80s for sure. Yeah. You know, like, but that's, that's, that, that, that's in, a, in a vacuum. I can't just circle him, but he needs to play better. Like, top players need to play better. And it's not happening. So yeah, they're they're in one, like more than in one. They're in. They one. are, man. You're seven out with nineteen to go. That's tough. Like that is that means even if you really start rolling off wins, you know they, they go fifteen and four. That's probably enough, but it might not be. You know, like if the teams ahead of them pick up wins, yeah. And the likelihood of that happening, fifteen and four, for a team that's been this inconsistent, it's like the Raptors, right? Everyone keeps waiting for them to take off. Why? They've played this many games. They are who they are. Yeah. They're going to win a game. They're going to lose a game. Win a game, mm-hmm. lose a game. You know, it just like hasn't worked. It's the end of the I, They haven't played well enough, and it's on the players. But they're good enough players, and they're just not They're, they're I, not making it work. Did you hear JP? He said last year at this time he had 84 points in 60 games. Wow. He's got and that means he still had a heater in him, 40 points in the last 20 then. Yeah. Right. Like he well, came down the stretch hot, Huberto in Florida. Yeah. 
and maybe he's got that in him, but I don't see it, man. It, there's, well, it, it's, it's been not one like of the more disappointing intros in a long yeah. time. It's not like it's easier. They they play Dallas tonight, and Dallas is a pretty damn good team. You know, absolutely, they're fighting for top spot, right? They yeah. want to hold on to that top spot. So, yeah. um that's the beauty of where we're at now. Like once you get post deadline, you kind of reset. And you realize like these final twenty games, less than twenty games, sprint. they're going to fly. Sprint. Yeah, it is going to be a sprint, and you better be healthy, which the Leafs are not right now, and a couple of other teams are not. And you better be hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. And I don't know how many teams in the league can say that they are. Like Boston is, but they have yeah. been doing that all year. You know, Colorado's starting to get going. Um, Carolina is playing very consistent, but. Yeah. You know, there's ups and downs. The Rangers have had ups and downs since the yep. trade deadline. The Leafs have. Tampa's in a rut. Um, you know, Jersey had a pretty decent roadie. I think they went 2-1 and one in that three-game roadie at West. Jersey's been pretty consistent in the East. Ottawa's hot. You know, like it's weird. Yeah. There's just ebbs and flows, and you still got 18, 19, 20 games left to really yeah. solidify who you are and how you're feeling. And then the real stuff is right around the corner. Just heard it. Like the Masters is a month away. Masters is a month away. Jays are a month away from being home. The playoffs are going to start in a month. The Raptors are probably going to be a part of the play-in. Like, this is – we're getting close to go time in a hey, few yeah. weeks. And, and, then and shout out. We rocking. don't give caddies enough love. Shout out to that caddy, Kit, Kit, Kitty Yama's caddy yesterday. Do you know why? Why is that? That's the caddy that Bryson DeChambeau greased in Detroit, and he got a new gig with Kitty Yama, and he You're won kidding. yesterday. Nice. Wow. Remember when Bryson gassed him in Detroit? Yeah. Like yeah. right before the tournament and got one of his Puma buddies on the bag? Mm-hmm. That was the caddy. He won wow. yesterday with Kurt. There's a guy. Of all the live guys who have disappeared, DeShambo has disappeared. He is. Dude, I haven't seen him or Phil hit Kaiser a golf Sosa. shot in a year. I Me neither. Nothing. 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 But Phil at the Masters, because remember this time last year, there was a debate. Are they going to invite him? Are they going to let yeah. him? Is he going to show up? Like, but I think he's showing up this time, dude. Like, Phil's so greasy, and he hits it long enough that he could, he could, he could somehow find a way to contend. I'm telling you, he could. He could make <laughs> the cut. His game does not look good. But I know course. it's terrible, but he shows up there and he starts hitting these just <laughs> butter slidey fades, and he starts rolling the rock, dude. I'm telling you, he could scare some people out. Do you think awesome. he get? A, I think he'd get some ovation there. I, I think Phil, you know, online, it's one thing. Uh, but it's one thing up close and personal, who he is, what he is. August, for starters, August is not going to allow you to boo or heckle. No. They'll kick you it's, out. He'll be a fascinating case on that golf course because his thumb is on the verge of falling off after a major because he's, like, thumbs up all day. Oh, God. it's And it's it the really worst thumbs painful. up. It's like a curved one. Yeah, it's, it's not a full thumbs up. Like, no, it's, I know. It's like a, it's it like a half. It's a, it's a nub. Yeah. It's a yeah. nub up. It's a nubs up. And he loves it. He loves the thumbs up, and we'll see. We'll see what he gets at Augusta. Yep, it's coming soon. All right, we'll come back with our best bets. Brought to you by FanDuel. Raptors back in action tonight. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. Quarterbacks are getting paid, man. Geno Smith has reached an agreement in Seattle. Three years at $105 million. Sounds like about $52 million guaranteed. What? So, yes, he was the comeback player of the year. They went to the playoffs. Geno Smith had a really good year. Dude, really good year. I get that, but wh- the, the thing about this is the likelihood of a backup season on top of a comeback season I think is highly unlikely. 
Highly unlikely. I agree. It's the same thing with Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, right, in New York. They, they, he had a good year. He didn't have a spectacular year. This is what amazes me. Quarterbacks get hyped up more than any other position. They get talked about more than any other position because of the importance. I understand that. But he didn't throw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Like, he had a good year. And because the Giants went to the playoffs, and they hadn't for so long, they've been a mess for so long, you know, everyone's like, here we go, Dable and Jones, Dable and Jones. It's, it's leverage yeah. versus desperation. And when you have yeah. leverage and the team's desperate, you're going to get the money. It's insane. And that's what's happening, right? Geno Smith, the same thing. Like, to his credit, played really well. And now Seattle's, they're like, all right, we'll keep rolling with this. I think Daniel Jones and the Giants will probably come to terms. Derek Carr goes to New Orleans. He gets four years at $150 million. Like, it's just it's yeah. bonanza, right? But you got to have a quarterback. You have to have a quarterback, and box. teams are teams are willing to pay. And now we just wait to see what's going to happen with uh, Aaron Rodgers. It it feels like it's either Packers, Jets, retirement. Like those appear to be the three options right now. And yeah. I'm I'm not really sure which way it's going to lean. Um, today's best bets are brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I like the over in the Oilers Sabers game tonight. I really like the over. It's a big number. You got to pay some juice. Total seven, but this feels like a five-four game, right? McDavid will be dancing. Drysaddle's come alive too, man. He got on the game sheet a lot. Dude, he is scoring some sick goals. Like yeah, that angle goal, like you that angle goal was redonk. Like the He's, backhand saucer. So good. He he is yeah. he is so good. The fact that they're both on the same team is crazy. Uh, I like Winnipeg tonight, big against San Jose. They got to get going. They they got to get going. You get the Sharks in town by two plus. You get plus money on that. And I like the Preds in Vancouver. The Preds are coming alive. Vancouver. I think they got their win on Saturday. They feel good about themselves. Bad teams find a way to fall back after a big win. Uh, pay a little bit of juice, but I like Nashville in Vancouver tonight. Today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. All right, Raptors Nuggets tonight on TSN. We got the Leafs in Jersey tomorrow, so we look forward to that. We'll be teeing that up. We got the players this week. Spring training continues. NFL news. It's going to be a fun one. Lots going on. Lots going on. We're out of here. Enjoy your evenings. Enjoy the games tonight. We're back tomorrow at? That was Scotty Scheffler, 4 (laughs) p.m. We'll chat then.